Welcome to Between Two Trains. My name is Theo, and twice a month we bring you the best and brightest entrepreneurs in the North DeKalb area. As always, your host is Sam Pappas of Oxygen Financial, and this week we have a special guest host, Mr. David Carter. And now, Between Two Trains. Welcome once again to Between Two Trains. And I have some exciting news for the listeners to let you know that uh, last episode we came to you from 3411 Coworking and uh, it has now become our new studio space, uh, permanent location right here at 3411 Coworking on Pierce Drive. So come check them out and come say hello to Between Two Trains. And once again, for the second episode in a row, I have my friend, the fabulous and talented Mr. David Carter. David, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I I'm glad it. you were able to do it as another episode. I hope you can do many more in the future. So, David, last time you told us about your firm and uh, what you do as a lawyer, um, and you mentioned a little bit about the the mold situation. Um, I wanted to, to ask a couple of questions. So, if someone's got a mold problem, how do they really know that they need to contact a lawyer? Well, first of all, the mold has to be caused by somebody else's negligence. So if you've got mold in your shower, I can't help you with that. Right. But if you're renting an apartment and there is mold coming in from the roof or showing up in the closets, or you have a musty smell under the sink and your landlord is not repairing that, then they're putting you in a dangerous spot. And that's when I can step in to help you. Gotcha. So that's typically what most of the cases are, are landlord-tenant type cases. Like, I own my own home. If I got mold in my house, who am I going to blame? Well, if you uh, own your own home and let's say you put a new deck on the side of your home and yeah. they don't do the flashing on the deck right okay. and that allows water to intrude. Or you get new landscaping um, and the landscaping causes water to run down towards your house instead of away from your house. That will cause a water intrusion. So that's the negligence of the people installing the landscaping or putting the flashing up. That's correct. And we can work with you to get them to come back out and either repair it. And, of course, if mold has started to grow because of that water intrusion, then you've got to remediate the mold that has come into your house because of what they did. Well, um, I'm glad you're back on the show. Uh, We have a great new entrepreneur to bring to you. As always, we come to you. Uh, from a variety of different podcasting sources. You can listen to Between Two Trains on uh, Stitcher and Google Play and all your favorite podcasting, or just go to our website, betweentwotrains.com. And this week, David, we've got a special guest. His name is Dimitri Kellner from Creative Stone. And Dimitri actually is Greek too, right? Yes, my, I am. My fellow Greek, Dimitri, <laughs> welcome to the show. I love bringing on fellow Greeks hello, to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So Creative Stone, you have been in Shambly for a long time. I've been here my whole life and it's hard for me to remember back to a day when you weren't there. You've been there since the 90s, right? Um, Yeah, 98. We started 98. here in Shambly. So 20 years now. 20 years this year. So let's first start off with, uh, you know, Shambly was a much different place 20 years oh, ago. Yes, yes. How, how did you end up uh, locating in Shambly? Um, my prime objective was to find a central location close to 285, 85, um, kind of close to the inner city, barely. And um, so 
this area is kind of where I circled, you know, and I just went around, ran around until I found, you know. And so you found the property right yeah. there on the corner of Peach Street and and Pierce, literally right across the street here from co-working space. Yeah. Um, and Creative Stone. Tell us a little bit about what Creative Stone is, what y'all do, what your services are. Well, Creative Stone is a uh, manufacturer. We make countertops out of uh, all natural stones. We do quartz quartzites all everything you could list of we don't do laminate we don't do corian but everything natural so we have uh, our own inventory a showroom sales staff we fabricate it there on site and then right here in shambly right here in shambly and okay. then uh, we have installation crews that go out to the job sites and uh, install the product okay so uh, you said countertops so i'm thinking kitchens bathrooms yep. what other types of countertops are there Mainly kitchens and vanities. Is, is, Some vanities. Okay. Yeah, the main thing that we do. We do, you know, furniture pieces. We do um, conference tables, you know, fireplace surrounds, things like that. Okay. But the vast majority of what we do are kitchens and vanities. For, bars? Um, yeah, get, we do bars. We do, bars. Uh, we do. We work with the retail. So just the general public comes in. They can come and look at all the materials. We can show you around, help you with the design of it. And then uh, we also deal with designers, contractors, and then we do some commercial work and builders. So is that more of uh, the your businesses through those contractors or you have individuals coming in? Like, you know, I know, David, you mentioned before the show that you actually were a customer of Dimitri's years ago. So do you have a lot of people like David coming in just as we do. people off the street? or We do. We have quite a mix. So um, I'd say 40% of the people that come in are just retail it's either word of mouth, they know somebody, or they, they've driven by, seen our trucks, that type of thing. We don't do a whole lot of advertising. Okay. You know, we, we work for... Now, you don't lot. do a lot of advertising now, but think about 20 years. Did you do much advertising 20 years ago? How, how did you... You know, we you know, really... You're, the, we never you're a did. little bit different. David, what's different about Dimitri here is he's different than all the entrepreneurs we've had to this point. Most of the entrepreneurs on the show have been young new startups, only been in business a few years. So I'm really excited to have this conversation about just what called it's... called you a crusty old man. No, yeah. no, no. 20 years ago, <laughs> 20 I was fairly young in the what, business. What, all right, so let's start there. 20 years ago, what caused you to say, hey, this is the business? I mean, was there, is this something that runs in the family? or No, how, no. Why, why Stone? Um, it's, you know, it just kind of happened. I was looking actually to start a different business and uh, put together a plan and was working on it and I just couldn't come up with the funding to do it. So I worked for another countertop shop back 23, 24 years ago. I started with them for a few years and I, I did a lot of programming for them and stuff. So um, I kind of took my you idea. Said, I can do this. Yeah. And I said, this business that they're running here is not running great. I think I could do better. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't see it as something I couldn't do. So um, it wasn't my first choice, but it was a great backup. And uh, once I decided, you know, this is what I want to do, I really focused in on it. And I, you know, I just worked nonstop to build this business. I, you know, I built so everything think, in that shop. So thinking back then, because we mentioned advertising, did you do, I mean, how did you get your first customers? Was it just, you know, did you go door to door or did you? I knew some contractors from the other place and I knew some people that were unhappy with the service they were getting. And so that and was So really I reached out to them. Um, tooling and all the same thing. I, I just kind of had all the contacts lined up and uh, I just reached out to them, said, Hey, 
I got a saw. I got some polishers. We're ready to go. You know, feed us some work. And, and you know, sure enough, I started getting jobs. The and then, in. you know, just slowly by slowly, we started picking up more and more. So David has heard me talk about, you know, entrepreneurs and their side hustles. So did you do some, when you were working for that other group and you said, hey, I can do this better than what they're doing. Did you do some of that on your side or did you just make a clean break as an entrepreneur and said, I'm starting this business? Oh, I made a clean break. Clean break. So there was no side hustle. You said, I'm no, going for it 100%. No, I mean, I was working on a plan on the side until I had everything kind of figured out how I was going to do it and to a point where I was ready to, you know, to leave them. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't actually do any jobs until I actually had to build a shop buy some saws and equipment and get all that together. All right. So I I don't know anything about the equipment y'all use, but I would venture to say that it's not necessarily probably cheap stuff, right? Right. You know, I'm not going to the Home Depot and buying a (laughs) sawzall and cutting a piece of stone. (laughs) No, so, (laughs) so you mentioned getting your plan together and all that. One of the things that always fascinates me as an, as a financial planner and an entrepreneur is how you did that with the financing side, you know, was there, you know, family backing? Did you go to friends and family and say, Hey, I need some money to get this business started. Did you go out and get a small business loan. How did you start right, right. 20 years ago? Well, um, I had a little bit of money in savings, so that, that helped me a little bit, but, uh, I actually reached out to my dad and, okay. uh, he's the one that wanted to see the business plan, see how serious I was about this, you know, talk it over. And, um, once he figured that, you know, it's really what I wanted to do, he felt confident that I could do it. And, um, so he backed me on it. And so I was able to get the, the funds to go out and buy the saw and equipment. And, you know, I really had to do a lot of, you know, a lot of just hustling and doing it yourself, you know, can't hire contractors come in there and build out the shop when you don't, you know, you have limited funds. Mm-hmm. So it started was it small. Just, was it just you by yourself or did you um, have... I had my brother at the time. Was he, was he a partner or just yeah, he was Yeah, he was a partner at the time. So it was, it was my brother and him and then a couple of fabricators that came with me from the other place. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we started getting jobs, we just started reaching out to other people for employees. Um, it's kind of a... A difficult business to hire. Why is that? Um, the skilled labor pool is, is there's just not that many people out there with the skills to do it. So back then we reached out to who we knew, got a few few people that were you know really good, and we brought in new people and started training. So you have so. to. Do, I'm assuming then with this, as you said, there's not a lot of skilled labor out right. there. You have to do a lot of training. What right. was? It was a little different back then too. We didn't have the automated equipment we have nowadays. Okay. You know, 20 years ago. So now we're running CNC machines. You know, it cuts down on a lot of the skilled labor. That All right. Tell need. me. Tell me what this because I don't know what's a CNC machine. A CNC machine is a com- computer numerical controlled machine. Well, so, David. Basically, it just, I, did <laughs> I didn't get that either. Wow. It sounds fancy, though. It sounds expensive. It, sounds very it expensive. is. It's expensive, but, you know, it, it, it's always there. It works works well. It doesn't talk back to you too much. So <laughs> it shows up on time. Right. <laughs> All that good it stuff. It sounds very precise, too. It is very More precise. More precise than a person so could do with Actually, it sounds ball. to me like you would have to train someone even more with that. I mean, very technical, you do. right? You do. You have to have a couple key people for that for that type of equipment yeah. you know that know what they're doing otherwise you know if you don't have the skills to run that it's just going to sit there and collect dust right so and we do and i come from that background so um 
you know, there's pretty much everything that goes on in that shop I, I can do or, or can train someone to so do. So now here all these years later, are you still there on the floor doing those things? Or are you sort of like, hey, I'm running the operations, I'm the entrepreneur, and, you know, you go do... I'm more or less running the operation. Um, but every but now I and then do you... have to fill in and, and yeah. you know... Because some, some of the people, my key people, you know, only have one, like one programmer. I don't have another program, so they're I'm out. You're, so you're, yeah, so for instance, this Friday he's going on vacation, so I got to step. You guys step up. Yep. So which is good, you know, keeps me uh, keeps my memory going on that. So make sure I'm fresh with the equipment still. Right. Now you keep inventory on hand, right? You keep the raw stone on I hand. I do. I do. So the, the the way it works is there's a good handful of wholesalers, uh, local wholesalers, that all they do is import stone from around the world. And so I have customers that will go there, pick out their stones, and I buy the material from there for them, and we fabricate it. I also purchase material from some of my uh, wholesalers. I'll purchase it in bulk. I'll go out there, hand pick the material, um, you know, work out some good deals. And I also travel overseas to purchase material. So I actually just got back from uh, Italy and really? from Spain. And uh, picked out five or six containers worth of material that'll be coming in in the next couple of months. So there's a real difference then wow. in the stone, right? Because I've heard, I don't know anything about stone, but I hear people, Italian marble. Is that something? Yeah. Is that like a real thing? Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. Um, you know, the Italians are really where it all started. Really? With, with uh, the slab work no, no, and all that Dimitri. stuff. No, no, Dimitri. You're supposed to say the Greeks. Yeah, the Greeks are doing it too, but the Italians do it the best. <laughs> you know, the best equipment, the you know, the best materials come out of Italy, and that's just for stone work. For stone, yep. Yeah. So most of my equipment's Italian. Okay. Um, so you said you were you were over there Italian. and you got Think a container. Is the is there like a dramatic cost difference in the material when you buy a container of stone from there, Italy or where else did you say? Uh, you can go. Uh, I went to Spain, Spain. but um, next time around I'll go to Brazil and okay. look there. So we get a lot of materials out of Brazil. It's just a hotbed for, for marbles, for granites, for quartzites. They're so is China not region. in the mix? You think I mean, China, China seems to be like taking over everything. Are China, they not it's in a the world mix? market, the stone. So okay. even though most of the stones are coming out of Brazil, they're come, they come out in big blocks and they get shipped around the world. It doesn't sound productive, but that's the way it works. So Italy, China, um, Spain, they're buying blocks out of Brazil. So in the, in, in the U.S., are we importing more stone than we create, you know, than we dig up we pour, ourselves? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. I mean, so the U.S. Scared, is a strong market Are you scared with that. what's going on with our current administration and the whole tariff talk is that going to affect you and your business it actually has already so um unfortunately we do get a lot of quartz the the man-made products quartz out of uh, china we have a lot of distributors that go over there and they order specific colors from there and they get containers and containers and we buy that and um you know some of our stock material is that and so the quartz materials out of china now has a 40% tariff on it. Um, and that is about to hit this month. So our quartz, quartz was man-made. So they're ma they manufacture it there? Uh, that's one of the places they manufacture. The Chinese, have, have, has, they've done a good job manufacturing the quartz. Um, India is another place. They're not quite as, they're not quite there yet. They're doing, you know, they're getting better. But uh, I think because of what's going on, 
India is going to really step up now and take it because there is no tariff out of India for that. So are you going to have to raise your prices? Absolutely. I can't absorb it. Is it too late for me to come by? Like, should people be coming right now to you before the prices go up? Or have the prices already gone up? Run, don't walk. Yeah. So everybody that uh, is aware of it that stocks those materials pretty much. They've uh, already priced that in. They've gone out and purchased as much as they could before that price. You know, so I have some inventory that I can go through before that increase happens. Um, Okay. So you hear it, listeners, you hear it right now. Go see (laughs) Dimitri this week. Come on out to Creative Stone because (laughs) if you wait for your home renovation project, it's going to be more expensive. And that's not all materials. That's just a handful. I would say that, that, you know, out of a quartz materials that we sell, that might be 60% of the quartz jobs. And out of all of what we do, the marble, the granite, quartzite, quartzite is a natural stone. It's not, not, it's different than quartz. The quartz product uh, is roughly 60% of my business now. It's really uh, taken off this last few years. So mm-hmm. it's, it's what everybody wants. Yeah, It's what the designers well, out there and are And to pushing. be clear, what they're hiring you for is not just the supply of the raw materials. It's the craftsmanship. If you've right. ever been to a kitchen and seen counters where the seams don't quite line up, line up right. you all are far better than that. That's what you're selling you is the superiority of the skill set. Right. To install that. Now you don't get involved with like, so, you know, I had granite countertop cut for my kitchen and obviously they cut the space where the sink goes and the guys that installed the granite countertop also installed my sink. So do you do ancillary things like that or you just, we do sell, we sell sinks, um, but every, every undermount sink that goes in a kitchen, which uh, in in a vanity, we have to mount plumbers won't, they don't, you know, yeah, they don't do well, that. That's why so I that's, assumed that we actually mount it. We don't hook up the plumbing, right? But, you but go uh, ahead and we mount do that. We cut out the cutouts for your cooktop or, or whatever you might have that needs to fit into the stone. If there's a, an outlet that goes in on the face, it's not that common, but every once in a while we do it. You know, that's pretty precise cut that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do all that stuff. We we fit it in, and you know, we're we're there to give you the highest quality product we can. That's and, excellent. Um, you know, in a reasonable time frame. So, very cool. Well, we're going to take a short break as we hear from our sponsors. You've been listening to Between Two Trains, a bi monthly business podcast where we bring you the best and brightest entrepreneurs of the North Cab area. Uh, we will be right back after these words. Looking for an affordable, functional, and creative space to work? Check out 3411 Co working in downtown Chambly. They have flexible month-to-month office space options that include fiber internet, meeting rooms, printing, coffee, snacks, and networking events. 3411 Coworking is the perfect place for entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners looking for a one-stop shop for your professional needs. Stop by for a tour Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and see how 3411 Coworking can work for you. Do you want to get on the freight train of social media marketing? Go to www.turnsocialintosales.com. Use the code Chamley to get $100 off to the single best two-day social media boot camp you will ever attend. Are you tired of not getting leads on LinkedIn or Facebook, SEO not working, or figuring out how to get on TV and radio and much more? Go to www.turnsocialintosales.com for a two-day boot camp special for Chamley. Use the code Chamley for $100 off. Go to turnsocialintosales.com today. 
Welcome back to Between Two Trains. Our guest today is Dimitri Kellner from Creative Stone, right in the heart of downtown Chambly. And Dimitri, we're going to play a game here in a second called High or Not. But before we do, I wanted to ask you uh, one more question. So you've sure. been around Chambly a long time. You've seen the changes yep. that's being made. How have those changes affected your business, if at all? I mean, are you seeing that because Shambly's becoming more relevant, you're getting more business, or you've been in business long enough now where you're doing your thing and it really is not affecting you? I mean, we've been around a long time and we definitely, you know, have a good customer base, but uh, I definitely think it helps um, having a, more traffic coming through. It's it's become more of a higher end area, um, kind of filling in to Brookhaven and Buckhead. So yeah. it's the last area out. So yeah. uh, I, th- I think it's really helped, and I think it's helped a lot of businesses in Chambly. Um, you know, everything's looking nicer. Developers coming in and tearing down the old and putting in the new. And Now, do you interact with – so you're right, and we've got some multifamily developments going on. Would you Do you do any business where you'll partner with someone doing a multifamily and say, hey, I'm going to do all the, the stone for this multifamily? Actually, at the moment, I don't have the capacity to do that. It's so, just too much work. Yeah, I've stayed away. We've done it in the past, you know, 100 units at a time. And it's worked out, but it's it's a lot of, it's a it's a heavy workload to put on, on the staff that I have. And the space I have, you know, I've been there for 20 years. I've maxed it out. I've actually bought a new location in Norcross that I'm going to move my fabrication shop to and all my bulk material. Oh, okay. This and is, this is new. This is brand new. Yeah. You it haven't... St- started this in January. I'm still working on it. And okay. uh, hopefully in the next month or two here, um, September, somewhere in there, I should start to move in there. And, but um, you're not leaving the not leaving Chambly though. Right. So Chambly's going to turn into strictly a showroom okay. and then a slab gallery. Once I get all the equipment out of there and you know, That's very so cool. And, and then you cool. said, you know, the development around Chambly. So, you know, I've tried to make the building look nicer, put in windows, painted it, and, you know, just trying to fit in a little better Yeah, with what's going on. Well, um, with the antiques on Antique Row, and then you, there's some specialty lighting shops in the area. Yep. I'm sure designers are coming here already. So you're in a great spot just for where they're used to coming to. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's more suited for a showroom now with what's going on around us Right. than right. having fabrication. You couldn't actually move into Shambly where I'm at right now and, and manufacture. Well, it's, it's so probably totally not zoned different. that way yeah. anymore. You're a non-conforming use at this point. Right. You're yeah. grandfathered in, but, yeah. uh, you know. well, and Shambly, like I said, I've lived here almost my whole life and what Shambly was 30 years ago is not what it is today. <laughs> the industrial is pretty much, you know, moved out. Right. There's not much of that left anymore. Um, right. And, you know, if you didn't know, by the way, David here is the chairman of Shambly's Downtown Development Authority. So a lot of what you're seeing going okay. on is at the direct hands uh, of Mr. Carter here. Well, it's at the hands <laughs> of both of us and all of us on the DDA. So <laughs> we're going to play nice. a fun game here called Hot or Not. We're going to throw out some statements to you. And as an entrepreneur, we want to know, you know, what you think, if it's something hot to do or something not so hot to do. So the first one I like doing every now and then is marrying an entrepreneur. Is it a hot thing to marry an entrepreneur or not such a hot thing? 
<laughs> That's a loaded question. Yes, it is. <laughs> and remember, your wife might listen to this. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did it the other way around. Yeah. So, <laughs> Would she say it's a hot thing to do? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. No. Because you work all the time. I mean, you're, you're, you know, she refers to my uh, business as my first wife. Um, right. You know, and I try to change it. I have kids and, you know, I try to make a home life. But it, it's difficult when you're on your own business and everything, you know, boils down to you and, and what, you know, your whole business. So you, right. you spend a lot of time and, you, you you know, you have a lot of pride and you put a lot of effort in and, and you know, so it's, uh, I would say not. Not so hot. <laughs> David, do you think it's hot? I think it's very hot. I think my wife thinks that being married to an entrepreneur is very hot. She likes I, it. I think, yes. She thinks, that's, hey, that's it's my cool. story. He's... I'm sticking with that story. <laughs> Spoken like a lawyer. <laughs> All right. So um, you mentioned way back at the beginning of the show about starting when you started, you had a plan. So, you know, as a financial planner, I always talk with business owners and entrepreneurs about, you know, how they make that change if they've got a side, what I call a side hustle and they want to actually make it a full time gig. And, um, so having a business plan, is that a hot thing or not such a hot thing? Oh yes. It helps. You don't fly by the seat of your pants. You have an actual plan. Um, I used to have more of a traditional plan yeah. and now I, it's all in my head. Okay. I, I, I You've think been doing about it, so it long. you know, sometimes I stay up all night and I just can't sleep because it won't turn off. And, you know, I'm, you know, especially now with what I got going on at a new place and all that, uh, you know, just trying to figure out exactly how everything's going to go. So, you know, I like how you said that because one question I get as a lawyer, one question I get is, do I have to write everything down? And the answer is no. The The value of the business plan is the process of going through the plan. It's not necessarily having an end product. It's not a thing. Right. It's something that develops with you. And you've just hit the nail on the head. You're right. constantly doing it in your head, but it's still a plan. Right. And you're still going through that process yeah. i think you definitely need it when you're new at it uh you know it's going to help you focus and and get those skills kind of going you know? right and once once you've been doing it a while I, you know I, I guess it could help but it also takes a lot of time to put that together and you know you're already you're thinking about it anyway so you already have that right. plan it's just in your head right 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 so going back to the hot or not um you just opened or you're getting ready to open a location in norcross that's going to require financing of some kind. Do you think it's hotter for you to go out and take out a bank loan? Or do you think it's hotter to sell equity in your company Ooh, in order to raise that one. capital to buy that new location? Equity partners. I've thought of both. Because <laughs> so right now it's just you, right? It's just me. You don't have any equity partners. Your brother, you mentioned your brother. Yeah, I had my brother as a partner in 2004. I bought him out. And, okay. Um, he wanted to do some other things. And so... I I actually went to the to the bank because I was I was a little afraid to get uh, a partner. Um, you know, I had a fifty fifty partner before, and it was a little it could be difficult, especially you know it was my brother too, so family. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no holding back there. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but um, I you know I've thought about it lately. You know, I'm I'm, you know, this is a it's a big deal moving into the location I'm at, and it's it's much bigger. Um, so I'm just trying to get through this, uh, get over to mountaintop and down the other side and revenues start picking up again, Right. you know, instead of, uh, bleeding out. So as an (laughs) entrepreneur, you mentioned, you know, you do your business plan in your head is part of that plan. 
and this is why I said earlier, David, I'm really excited about having someone who's got a longer track record than all our previous guests. Have you started at all thinking about the exit strategy of this, or is it too soon to be thinking about what the end game is? You know, you, you had a brother, he's not involved, so there's right. no partner that can say, hey, I think your kids are still probably too young to yeah. be part of the business. Um, and frankly, they may not even want to be in that business, or you may not even want them in that business. But what, if anything, have you done to think about, you know, that, that legacy plan, if you will? I, I have thought about that um, years ago, and then I stopped thinking about it, and I've, you know, thought about it recently. Um, so, yeah, I do have an exit strategy, and uh, I've been working on it. It's part of what I'm doing now is build, building the business, getting more of a management system in place, a whole sales staff in place, a showroom, you know, the slab gallery. It all fits together. It's just going to be one engine that feeds the fab shop to to make the countertops for the install crews. And, um, you know, at that point when that's built up to a certain extent it, it, it's it's you know it's marketable so you would you would lean towards going out and selling the business correct okay all right and so you know obviously one of the things you would need to know is what is the business worth so uh, right. you know you've thought about it you haven't taken any steps to say hey i want to formally find out how much my business is worth or has no, your cpa no. ever said hey you know looking at your books you know the company's worth x no it's it's just kind of a tricky formula to figure that out manufacturing you know with the showroom and mm -hmm. everything every part of it uh the equipment all the inventory so um, no, I haven't gone that far. I figured I'm not at the stage yet. I'm not ready to do that. You know, this is, you know, I, I five, 10 years from now mm -hmm. is probably something, but it's something that you have to keep in the back of your head right. and, and work right. toward, you know, you can't just one day wake up and be like, All right, I'm going to sell the business. And it's, you know, you just kind of, you, you're not renting that space. You own the build, the property. Uh, I own both properties, both properties. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we were speaking with our guest uh, two weeks ago from 3411 co-working, and she had mentioned how she had bought the building too. And after the show, we were talking about how the value of property in the Chambly area is just going through the roof. As you said a second ago, yeah. Buckhead to Brookhaven to now Chambly, there's yeah. not really any space. So, you know. Yeah, the value goes up, and so does the tax. <laughs> So it's people, good with the bad. People love that they're worth more, but they hate paying those taxes, yep. right? You were in so early. I mean, you must have seen a ton of appreciation in that property value from, oh, yes. from 98. Yeah. 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 I started out renting. And okay. Then, so you didn't buy the property right away? No, not right that. away. I rented for about two years, and, and my former landlord uh, ran into some financial problems. And, uh, it ended up uh, basically going to foreclosure. And I ended oh, up so you got it. a sweet deal then. Yeah, I kind of came in right behind him. Uh, it kind of got offered to me right away, and I went straight to the bank with it. And That's awesome. That's awesome. That's the way you do it. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunate for him, fortunate for me. but. Yeah. So I got another hot or not, and uh, David knows I ask this of uh, most of our guests, and I pretty much know the answer every time I ask it, but hot or not, Shambly. Just flat out shambly. Is that hot or not? Uh, definitely hot now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely hot now. So here's, David, something different. Because so far, everyone's been new to shambly. Right. And they've all gotten so super excited when I asked that. <laughs> but I hear a tinge in the back of his <laughs> voice that definitely hot now. So 
you're saying, you know, you, you didn't think it was that great of a place before or what? No, it, it really wasn't compared to the way it is now. I mean, it was industrial. It was, it was rough. It was yeah. a lot of automotive, a lot of manufacturing. It was, you know, it wasn't as nice looking. Um, you know, we had a rougher crowd around here coming through Shambly. Um, yeah. So you like the direction we're going now though? Oh, absolutely. You know. So the city itself is not only physically changed, but the city hall is the operations of it. Have you seen any change? Uh, you know, were you happy with a lot of people? Obviously, back in the day, complained about the city and the operation and how they operated. Yeah. Did you it, have any problems over the years, or are you? I have. I mean, I've had some personal issues with some of uh, some of the things that have gone on in Shambly. For, for the most part, they've left me alone. I've left them alone. I'm, I'm, you know, I stay busy doing doing what I do, and I don't really have time to get involved with the politics of Shambly. I right. mean, you know, it seems like it's fairly run, you know, run pretty good now. Um, I think in the past that had they had some issues, um, you know, but yeah. I'm but happy with the way it is now. But you think we're on the right track? Yeah, that's their <laughs> motto, right? <laughs> Shambly. I was wondering when they were going to get on the right track. Well, it took a little while. There's a reason why we call it between two trains. So. <laughs> I've been on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you um, you coming on the show. And for our listeners, tell them if they want, you know, t- give them, you know, where do they need to come? What do they need to do if they're looking for countertops or whatnot? Do they call you up? Or yeah, come here in Shambly. The, the number is 770-458. 6771. It's Creative Stone. And our website is creativestonealanta.com. And uh, come come on in. We have a lot of uh, inventory you could take a look at. We have a lot of remnants. If you're looking for a small project, we have tons of material you could take a so look at. So it's not a by appointment. They can just walk in. You right could just walk in. We're, we're 9 to 530, Monday through Friday, by appointment on Saturday. And um, you know we're changing, so we're making a, a bigger can't showroom wait to and see uh, that showroom. In fact, you know we would love, uh, you know, once you get it all done to, you know, we're we're contemplating here on. And David, I haven't told you this yet, but we're contemplating taking between two trains to the next step and moving to video. So uh, we'll we'll see over the coming months if we can You're do. You're gonna that. have to have a new uh, co-host at that point. Space <laughs> <laughs> made for radio here. Yeah. <laughs> so we would love it if we can make that change in between two trains. When you get the showroom, let us know when it's all done sure. and you got it pretty, and we'll come in and and do another uh, recap episode of Creative go. Stone on Between Two Trains. You've been listening to Between Two Trains, a business podcast. We thank you for listening. Keep spreading the word. Let everyone know that we exist on BetweenTwoTrains.com. That's between the number two trains.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Levy, Handy Entertainment. Hi, this is Greg Burke with Remote Home Check. Hi, this is Jeff Hill with Remote Home Check, and you've been listening to Between Two Trains.